Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey. And I'm Katie. And today we are talking about the big boned headmistress <laughs> and her school. Um, yes, of course, that means Madame Maxime and Bobaton's Academy for Magic? Yeah. Magic? Well, I'll discuss the pronunciation later because... Bobatons. <laughs> Bobatons. Um, we'll talk about it. No. I refuse. <laughs> the patron of the month this month is Beth. Thank you so much for your support. And, Yay, Beth. Um, we appreciate you a lot. Uh, I, I decided that I think her title should be like um official knitter of wizard studies podcast. <laughs> yes um beth katie did just show me the photo of you <laughs> next to all the knitting supplies uh in universal wearing podcast shirt so it's very yeah. cute yeah maybe we'll have to post that for this episode <laughs> Okay, and so then we actually have, like, maybe some real announcements this time. It's been a while. <laughs> um, if, I guess if you're a patron, it could still be May when you're listening to this. But for everyone else, um, this episode is being released on June 1st, which means happy Pride. Woot woot. <laughs> woot woot woot. Um, happy Pride Month, everybody. You are loved. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I still have in my room a lot of buttons <laughs> with the, I mean, if you like followed us at on social media at this time of year last year, you know what the buttons look like because I posted them many times, but basically they're wizard studies slash just like Harry Potter themed buttons with pride flags in the background so I'm looking to get rid of some of those <laughs> so instead of doing like a official organized fundraiser like we did last year for True Colors United um, we just want to encourage you all to donate if you are able to a queer organization of your choice a, some sort of organization that you want to support that does work to support and um help out the queer community the trans community basically anything um that you you deem is worthy of your money we are happy for you to do that and if you just like send us like a screenshot or proof that you've made a donation of any amount to an organization and you send us your mailing address i will send you some of those buttons um It'll probably happen, like, later in the month of June, but if you send them to me anytime during the month of June, I will, like, make a list and I will put those packages together. Um, it might just take a bit because it is a little bit difficult for me to get to the post office because it's very limited hours. Um, and those happen to be the hours that I work, but, <laughs> um, yeah, you will get those buttons eventually and... We just want to, like, encourage you guys to put your money where your mouth is and support queer organizations and 
we also want to spread the love with these buttons and like you can wear them to your next Potter event or put them on a backpack and just spread pride. Yeah, I do have to say that almost every time I've gone out wearing one of them or all of them, I do get a compliment on them. So. <laughs> They're good just buttons. Saying, just saying. <laughs> um, our second announcement is if you listen to did the episode we talked about this was that just a patreon episode or was that a i have no idea i think it was a real episode okay um if you listen to our maybe our last episode (laughs) that we put out i can't remember things are confusing Um, folks (laughs) yes (laughs) we had mentioned the idea of maybe doing a live watch along because that had been brought up to us by a listener as an like a possibility and we thought about it um so i think we're gonna go ahead and do it we are going to plan to do a live watch along for deathly hallows part one um on saturday june 26th um we have not ironed out a time yet but i think that like to make it easy for the most amount of time zones like normally middle of the day to like early evening is kind of what works out the best um we will let you guys know when we decide on a time um but if you are interested in joining um we will have information out on all of our social media about how to join that and maybe further instructions um and information about that in the upcoming episodes because we haven't really looked into how to actually do it yet on discord i think is generally the idea that we're running with right now um that might change so stay tuned but we wanted to at least pick a date and give that date to you guys as soon as possible and then from here on out we'll kind of figure out the nitty-gritty details so be on the lookout for that um like i said we i think we'll we'll have time for one more episode before then yeah yeah, 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 there'll be an episode coming out, like, the 15th. Yeah, we'll have all of the details figured out by then, and that all of that will be in that episode, but it'll also be on our social media. Yeah. So be on the lookout. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Oh, and the episode, sorry, I meant to say this, the episode for that, the reason we're watching it is for our movie series that we've been doing and the episode for Deathly Hallows Part 1 will be coming out that next Tuesday on the 29th. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to kick us off with a little bit on Bo Batons? Sure. <laughs> so the name Bo Batons is likely translated from the word Bobatons, um, just two separate words, not one word, which in French literally translates to beautiful sticks. Um, because in French, the word for wand is baguette. So I guess that didn't sound quite as like beautiful <laughs> as know. maybe Bobatons, as Bobaguettes. <laughs> like, I kind of like that. Um, but the word batten could also be translated to staff. Um, but I think sticks is kind of the one that just makes more sense. Cause like, obviously they're kind of, it's kind of going for like wands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where we get to the pronunciation. So the more like correct French way to pronounce it is Bobatons, I think. But Stephen Fry, when he was doing the audiobooks, pronounced it Bo Batten. And that has since been made, quote-unquote, 
the canon pronunciation for that, as it's the um, uh, what's a phonetic um, spelling of it on the Wizarding World in Pottermore article mm-hmm. about Bobatons. Um, I will say Jim Dale, I'm pretty sure, says Bobatons. And then also Michael Gambon in the movie says Bobatons Academy of Magic, like very intensely. Bobatons Academy of Magic. Um, but I like Bobatons <laughs> much better than Bobaton. <laughs> and I will continue to say Bobaton. Yeah, I'm never going to say Bobaton. Sorry. It sounds so ridiculous. Also, like, maybe we'll get to this when we do our Durmstrang episode, but apparently that's supposed to be pronounced, like, differently as well than, like, Durmstrang. Durmstrang. Yeah. I think, or something <clears throat> like that, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, from what we know, a lot of this information is going to come from that article that I just mentioned. Um, what we, from what we know, Bobatons is located somewhere in the Pyrenees Mountains, and the castle itself is styled like a chateau surrounded by formal gardens. It is said that the beautiful campus of Bobatons was maybe slash likely funded through gold from Nicholas Flamel, mm-hmm. and there's a fountain in the middle of the grounds that is named for him, and supposedly the waters have beautifying properties. Okay, but do you think that he just, like, made that gold out of the, like, he's, like, an alchemist, like... Yeah. Do you think he just, like, made that gold? Yeah. Or do you think he, like, bought it? Paid for it. No, I think he just gave them gold that he made. Like, here you go. (laughs) Um, um, But, yeah, so there's a fountain in the middle of the grounds that the water supposedly has beautifying properties. And that's interesting because I'm pretty sure it's, like, said that the, like, students of Beau Batons are, like, beautiful or they're all Mm. seen as very beautiful. Like, maybe that's a little suspicious that they're all so beautiful. (laughs) Like, I know that Europeans, I know that Europeans are, like, very, like, they, in my opinion, I think that, like, people from Europe kind of have a distinct... Like, I can pick out a person. Like, if I'm at the mall, I'm like, mm, that person's not from America. And it's, like, this aura, this, like, elegance that just, like, we stumbling, bumbling <laughs> Americans don't possess. I also, But, yes, they're from England, so yeah, they're also from Europe. I kind of, like, always assumed that, like, all of the Bobaton students being beautiful was, like, a weird French stereotype. <laughs> Mm, yeah, <laughs> could be that as well. <laughs> the, and, and Emily in Paris, they all are pretty beautiful, so you could definitely say that <laughs> everything in Emily in Paris is a French stereotype. So, right, if if there if there's a Venn diagram, it's a circle. <laughs> um, and most students that go to Bobatons are from France, but they also have students from Portugal, Spain, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Luxembourg. That's pretty cool. Which, yeah, I think that's like a, a fairly wide variety of countries. You know, I yeah. feel like the Netherlands and Belgium are kind of like more similar, and then like Portugal and Spain are kind of like more similar, yeah. and then like Luxembourg and Fra- France are kind of like. I think it's interesting because like. That's a lot of countries, and yeah, like, it is, like, a fairly wide range. Like, obviously, they're all from the same area, but, like, there's a few different languages spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's super interesting because, like, we think about Hogwarts and, like, yes, it's it's the UK, you know, like, it's not just England and, like, England and Scotland and Ireland and all those places, they're all different countries, like, yeah. not invalidating that, but of course it is more similar cultures, I would assume, than, like, Spain versus France or, you know, Portugal versus Belgium, like, there's differences there, um, and so I think that's super interesting. Um, and also, like, kind of weird, like, if the majority of the students come from France, I wonder, like, obviously it is in France, I wonder if there's just, like, a bigger wizarding population in France, and, like, it is all the students from Spain do go to Bobatons, but, like, there's just not as large of a population there, or, like, maybe there's another school that, I guess some of them could go to Durmstrang, and maybe, like, there's another smaller school in, in Spain that we don't know about. Yeah, I bet you, like, how I would interpret it is that, like, because the schools in France, like, all French, like, magical French kids go to Beaubatons. But, like, if you're from Belgium, maybe it's, like, do I want to go all the way to Beaubatons? Or, like, does my parents just kind of want to, like, homeschool me? Or, like, can, like, my, like, our little community kind of, like, set up, like, a little daycare school kind of thing? You know? I feel like that's how I would imagine it. But obviously that's not based on really any information we have. Um, And because, kind of like we were both talking about, the students from Bobatons come from such a wide variety and more countries than um, Hogwarts has, it it does have a larger student body than Hogwarts. Actually, both Durmstrang and Bobatons have larger student bodies than Hogwarts. Which isn't saying much if we're led to believe that there's only eight times four people in a year at Hogwarts. 32. 32. Um, And the only information we have on the founding of Bobatons is that it was founded before the 1290s, which I assume is a number that comes from how old Nicholas Flamel is and when he would have Uh, to have been in school. Yeah. I originally read that when I was looking ahead in your notes. I read it as in the 1920s, and I was like, <laughs> like yeah, it was founded before the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, saying something was founded before a date is kind of like saying, like, oh, I live in the United States of America. Like, oh, that's not, like, super helpful when I'm, somebody's <laughs> trying to find out, like, maybe what city I live on in or what road I live on, you know, not very... Yeah. Specific. Yeah. The 1290s, I think, like, Hogwarts was founded in the 900s, right? Or, like, yeah. before the 10th century. So, like, that kind of... Or during the 10th century. I don't know. I feel like that, like, makes sense. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, more on Bobatons. Sorry, this isn't really broken up in, like, great sections. Just, like, everything we know about Bobatons. Um, so, as far as, like, just, like, traditions and, I don't know, their reputation. So, they travel by Abraxan-drawn carriages, um, which the carriage is light blue and pulled by a dozen Abraxans and is the size of a small house. Abraxans, of course, are like these winged horses, and these Abraxans specifically only drink single malt whiskey, um, <laughs> which I always thought was kind of funny. Like, if they're like French horses, why don't they drink like champagne? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like when I think like France, wine. I don't think whiskey. 
No. You know, I think, like, champagne and other, like, wine, like, that kind of stuff. Um, but I guess it's kind of funny. And I also, so, like, I feel like we have this, we maybe have this skewed perception of, like, we think of Bobotons and we think the carriage and the Abraxans. But, like, I wonder if this is more of, like, a special occasion Mm. thing. Like, they just use it, like, when they have to go to other schools for something like the Triwizard Tournament? Or, like, could it be... Could there be, like, a ton of them and they're used to, like, transport students to school, similarly to, like, the Hogwarts Express? Like, to what extent are these carriages used? Yeah. And are there multiple, like... It's kind of like, how would Hogwarts get to Bobatons or Durmstrang? Like, would they just take the train, like Hogwarts Express it? Or would they do something, like, more fancy? Because, you know, they always talk about how, like, wizards can't, like, help but show off when they're together. Would they, like, I don't don't know. I feel like Hogwarts would do something kind of, like, boring. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Like, they would just use the Hogwarts Express. You know, like, Hogwarts is, like, obviously, like, Hogwarts is cool, like, we know that but like it's like our baseline magic thing so then when you have like foreigner magic you have to like make it more interesting um yeah so like the fact that they travel by the hogwarts express like there's cool things about the hogwarts express but like it's still i don't know like maybe the hogwarts express could they would like lay its own tracks if they were like a flying train flying train well because well to be fair at if we're going to the triwizard tournament there's probably only what like 15 10 students mm, that true. would go so maybe they wouldn't even need like they would the ride might be much <laughs> oh that could be cool i don't think that'd be very comfortable for like a super long <laughs> well they go really fast so yeah um so anyway um Fleur says that the food at Bobotons is superb. Um, this is, like, I think while she's complaining about the food at Hogwarts. And I guess there are wood nymph choirs that serenade the students as they eat. This all sounds a little bit posh for me. Like, I don't think I would yeah. want the wood nymph <laughs> choirs to be singing to me. I'd be like, I would just like some quiet or, like, to talk to my friends while yeah. I eat. Maybe on, like, feasts, you know, like, big celebrations. Mm. I hope that's not, like... And I hope it's just like like, whenever the dining open, there's like a they like sing a a song and no 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 I like I would rather them just like sing a song and be done like I don't want them doing it in the background the whole night. Mm, I see, see. (laughs) yeah. Um. Yeah. So the education is like thought to be at a similar caliber to Hogwarts, and their OWLs are taken in their sixth or at the end of their sixth year, not their fifth year. I think we learned this one like Fleur is there when all of um, the trio's OWL results come in. Mm. But I guess they're probably not called OWL. I don't know. They're probably not called OWLs then. It's probably like the French equivalent of standardized yeah. testing. Because um, I, I wonder there are some any... differences in curriculum. Yeah, but I wonder if like NEWTs are similar. Yeah. Or like more similar or more the same. Because that's kind of like what you use to, like, go into the workforce. Right, right. You know? I wonder if that's any, like, any more similar. Yeah, I Because, like, OWLs is just kind of, like, which NEWTs are you going to take, you yeah. know? Yeah, 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 Like, NEWTs are kind of, like, the more important one. And, like, your OWL results 
matter like in the context of the school and the professor you know like snape not yeah. letting anybody below outstanding but slughorn taking exceeds expectations you know yeah yeah um as far as the Triwizard Tournament, Bobaton apparently won it 62 times and Hogwarts won it 63 times. I couldn't figure out. So this is like in the writing on Pottermore, I think, on Bobatons. And I couldn't figure out if this like included Harry and Cedric's win. Does Harry and Cedric's win count as two? Or was this like <laughs> before like... Before that tournament, it was 62 to 63, and now it would be, like, 62 to 64 and a half. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how, like, current this statistic is, but it's very, it's been very even. I would imagine that, like, since it just, I mean, the writing was on Bobatons, I didn't look into Durmstrang, but I would imagine, like, since it didn't mention Durmstrang, and it kind of just mentioned Hogwarts and Bobatons, like... It sounds like they would maybe be the leaders and Durmstrang is maybe um, below a little bit. Yeah. So then as far as some famous students we know of, um, of course, Katie mentioned Nicholas Flamel. His wife, Perinel, also attended Bobatons. This is how we know that Bobatons is, in fact, pretty dang old. Um they met while they were at Bogotá. They met while they were there. Yeah. Call our Cute. high school sweethearts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like everybody else in the wizarding world. <laughs> it's like really you hit 17 and you're not married and you've like lost all of your options. If apparently. you're dating somebody at 18, you are going to marry that person <laughs> or you're not going to marry anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's your one chance. Um so then we have sorry, pardon Pardon my French. <laughs> um, Vincent Duc de Treffel Peaks. That was pretty good. No? Um, I have no idea. Apparently, I would say Piquet. Piquet. Isn't that Spanish? But I don't though? know. Like Gerard Piquet. Yeah, but normally S's aren't pronounced in French, right? Yeah. Maybe Peak. Yeah, maybe... Okay, well, anyway, um, Vincent's claim to fame is that he escaped the terror, like, as in, like, the terror, the reign of terror during the French Revolution, where they were chopping off people's heads. He escaped that by casting a concealment charm on his neck and pretending that his head had already been cut off. It feels like it would have been more efficient, more effective, if he just cast a concealment charm on his whole body, or if he just, like... If someone tried to come at him and put him in a guillotine, he just, like, avoided them, like... Or operated away. I feel like it's gonna it's gonna cause people to ask some questions if you're walking around with, like, no neck. Yeah. But a head and a body and you're still moving. I don't think... I don't think the conclusion that I'm gonna jump to is, oh, his head has already been cut off. Guess we don't have to bring him to the guillotine. Maybe he was, like, laying on the ground like that. Oh, okay. That makes but more also, sense. Like, how how does That's he slip what through? It <laughs> but like, how does he slip through the guillotine line? It's like, did you get that guy? No, I thought you were gonna get that guy. He's just like already on the ground. Like what? That's funny. <laughs> it was at a shift change, but like he, he just jumped his, in there. He has his wand. Why? Yeah, wouldn't you just operate away or something? I don't. know. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, he's famous. Um, the next one, I'm not even going to 
try to like give the correct pronunciation Luke of this Millifor. last name. Luke Millefoule. Yeah, probably that. Um, he's an infamous pastry maker and muggle Infinite, poison. Infamous patri- pastry well, maker. I did and muggle oh, poisoner. Wait. He poisoned mm. muggles. That's why he's infamous. Millefour. I think that's like a pa- like a pastry. I feel like I've heard that from like um. Or like something like that is a pastry. I've oh that my god, you're right. Ha <laughs> A Great rich British dessert consisting of many very thin layers of puff pastry and such fillings as whipped cream, custard, fruit, etc. Wait, I'm going to listen to how Google says it. Milfoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had to listen to it a lot of times to really get it. Um. Wow. Nice job. You've been killing it with names lately. There was something oh, in the speaking, last episode. It was Mina Lima. And speaking of that, I, I'm i currently in Florida and I just went to Universal this past weekend. And I was in one of the shops and they had the print of like a layout of Diagon Alley, kind of like a map. And I was looking, I'm like, oh my God, this cool. So cool. The price on it was $559. I was like, why the heck is this print $559? I looked at it closer. It was signed by Eduardo Lima and Miraforamina. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. So that's why it was $559. I, when you said that, I was like, holy shit, that's a lot. But also, I didn't, I didn't jump to, like, there must be a reason. I was just like, it's in Universal. Well, but... See, normally I would think that, but it was literally just, like, a print. It wasn't framed and, like, mm-hmm. anything. I was, like, either this is, like, the print that they used, like, in the, like, permit for Diagon Alley <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like, $559 is hella expensive. And it wasn't even that big. It was, like, a normal size for a print. Yeah. <clears throat> and if anybody's wondering... Oh, shoot. Never mind. I don't remember what store it was in. I was going to say what store it was in. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. It's the one right to the right of Gringotts. If that helps. <laughs> so, our final famous alum from Bobatons is Miss Fleur de Lacour, um, mm. who, quote, fought bravely in the world-famous Battle of Hogwarts. I thought that was funny. <laughs> And was awarded medals of bravery from both the French and British ministries of magic. So was just like everybody involved in the Battle of Hogwarts probably awarded like a yeah for sure medal of bravery for sure. I mean there weren't I like, like that many people like there were a lot of people in the probably battle like but not like yeah not like plus. You know you think of like a battle like from like World War Two and that's like thousands yeah. you know yeah um. But yeah, way to go, Fleur. I feel like you're the most... I mean, I guess the Flamels are pretty impressive, but you definitely beat out Luke and Vincent, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're done. We're closing the book on our Beaubatons half of the episode, <laughs> and we are starting the Madame Maxime half of the episode. So her name is Olymp. Olymp Maxime, which I feel like took me a really long time to realize that was her first name because I feel like it's used so little. It's always Madame Maxime. 
Yeah, and I think, like, the one time Hagrid uses it, like, Olymp also isn't just, like, a name that I hear. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's somebody's name. Mm. You know? Like, it's not, like, Fred. I don't know why Fred was the first one that came to my mind. But, you know, like, I'm, I feel like I listened to the books a long time before I realized that he was, like, that was her name. And that's, like, how he was referring to her as. Mm, Yeah. Um, Olymp is the French word for Olympus, the mountain home of the Greek gods. Maxime is French for principal or a pun. Okay, so like it could be a pun on like principal, you know, like headmistress, like principal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also derived from the Latin maxima, which is the feminine form of maximus, which means the greatest or the biggest. So. I feel like it's just about her being big. Yeah. <laughs> like, Olymp is kind of odd. But, like, a mountain, like, she's really tall. Yeah. But I feel like that's a stretch because, like, Olympus isn't really a mountain. Like, Olympus is, like, the city in the yeah. clouds above the mountain. You know what I mean? But it still is a mountain. But it is the home of, like, the gods yeah, who but are normally depicted as, like, a jo- Mount Olympus. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying, I'm going the route of, it's the home of the gods, which when they're, nor- when, like, when they're in their true form, they're, like, very large. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You know? Yeah. I also feel like it's just, like, I don't know, like, divinity like I feel like she's a very like elegant like high on herself kind of woman like I don't know yes she also is described as having olive skin which I feel like is something that's used a lot to describe people from like the Mediterranean and Greece for sure so I wonder maybe she has some Greek heritage I mean clearly based on her name it's French she's like French um yeah but yeah okay so Blood status, she is half human, half giant. Um, we don't, like, get any information on her parents. I don't think... Like, we don't know which one's which. We don't know which one's which. I think that the only way I would assume it would be possible would be for the <laughs> giant to be the mother. But you never know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so her height is listed as eleven five to eleven six, which I don't know where Okay, I think like what the source on that is. I think this look. comes from Harry describes her as being like within an inch of Hagrid's height. Yes, that and is true. Hagrid, I think like there's a movie source or something non-canon about Hagrid being eleven uh, and a half okay. feet tall. Okay, I'm trying to remember, because Harry, the first description of Hagrid, it mentions like, is it like two people, like the height of two people, mm, something like that. Okay, so I mean that would make sense. Yeah, it's so the height of like, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, like two average mm-hmm. size men, maybe, to get to like 11 and a half. Yeah. Or two taller women. So she is French. She's from France. That's her nationality. Sorry, oh, that was my been... line. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Um, you can't do my last one then. She's French. <laughs> 
Um, her occupation is that she's the headmistress of Bobatons, which I really don't like the word headmistress. Mm, I don't like and the I word, think, yeah, I don't like the word mistress. I also don't like the word master, though, either. Like, headmaster yeah. is also really weird. But headmistress... Like, all I can think of is, like, somebody's mistress. Like, their number one Yeah, mistress very much has that connotation, yeah. Like, their numero uno mistress. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can think of. Um, Okay, back when you stole my line, though, when (laughs) we said that she's French, I was going to say, I feel like it's implied that she went to Beaubaton's. Especially if we're talking about, like, our theory that all French magical kids go to Bobatons, um, but I don't think it's ever said, and she's not, like, included on that list of notable alum. Mm, interesting. So, that's not, like, a comprehensive list. It's just, like, yeah. here are some alumni that you may know, um, but she's not in that, so I don't know. Maybe being a headmistress isn't notable enough. I mean, I think it's more notable than the guy who just used a concealment term on his neck. Like, yeah, we don't even like know why funny... he might have been... We don't even know what, like, what was the reason he was, like, maybe going to be guillotined, like, we don't know, like, was he part Probably. of the revolution? Like, that would be a notable thing to know. Mm. But we just know. Yeah, like, the wizard, the wizarding community's involvement in the revolution would be really interesting. Right? We need a writing about that. Somebody do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, just because I don't know where else to say this, I, this is on, like, the wiki. So, apparently, Madam is, like, the, um, the title that's generally used for, like, married French women. It's, like, um... Mm, yeah, yeah, So, people are, like, speculating that maybe she was previously married, but also, I guess it can be used for somebody who's, like, older or of, like, higher status. Okay. So, in my opinion, that's probably the more likely reason she was referred to. Yes. Yeah. As madam. Yeah, for sure. So, her first mention comes in Goblet of Fire in the chapter Beaubaton and Durmstrang. <clears throat> it is as follows... It's a pretty long one, so bear with me. Harry saw a shining, high-heeled black shoe emerging from the carriage. A shoe the size of a child's sled, followed almost immediately by the largest woman he had ever seen in his life. The size of the carriage and the horses was immediately explained. A few people gasped. Harry had only ever seen one person as large as this woman in his life, and that was Hagrid. He doubted whether there was an inch difference in their heights, yet somehow, maybe simply because he was used to Hagrid, this woman, now at the foot of the steps, looking around and waiting at the waiting wide-eyed crowd, seemed even more unnaturally large. Sorry. I don't have any punctuation because I copied this from the audiobook, so it's a little bit hard, difficult to read. Um, as she stepped into the light now flooding from the entrance hall, she revealed to have a handsome olive-skinned face. Sorry, that seems like a very odd sentence. I might have typed that incorrectly. To have a handsome olive-skinned face, large black liquid-looking eyes, and a rather beaky nose. Her hair was drawn back in a shiny knob at the base of her neck, and she was dressed in head-to-foot black satin, and magnificent opals gleamed at her throat and on her thick fingers. Okay, I have, 
I have a lot of questions about, like, the size of Hagrid is always very, like, feels inconsistent. And also, like, okay, so if we're going with Hagrid and Madame Maxine being about 11 and a half feet, you would just guess, like, the, the natural way for that to happen to me just kind of, it feels like everything, every part of them should be, like, about double the part of, like, me. Right? Yeah. Like, with, like, obviously, like certain you know like it's not going to scale up totally like i think some parts of their body are going to be double some are going to be like less than double you know like i don't know that their legs are going to be like twice as wide yeah that that's sort of yeah stuff. yeah like, torso might might not be twice as wide but like double max right yeah if their height is double then i think like ev- you would think most body parts would be double max if her shoes are the size of a child's sled like Sleds are fairly sizable things. Yeah, I don't, like, I the wonder... sleds I grew up using are not the size of like two of my feet put together. No. I'm the only thing I can picture is kind of like small round ones, even though round like isn't really the correct shape of a shoe. But like or the fit. diameter. Yeah, but, but like even that... so, like I still think those are bigger. I know, I'm trying to think. I have, I have, like... And, like, sled heavenly, heavily, like, to use that descriptor, it heavily implies that, like, it means, like, not a round yes. one, it means. And, you know, it's this roughly the same size and, like, width and length. And, like, how is a child's little butt gonna fit on something that's just, like, my two feet put together? Okay, so I have two That's things like a to mention. Ski. That's like a small ski. One really small is... <laughs> I wonder if their proportions just are generally different. Like, because what if giants just have, like... Big feet. Extremely large feet compared to the rest of the body. Kind of like... Like, I feel like, um... Trolls are sometimes depicted as having, like, very large feet in comparison to their yeah. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's something like that... And number two, Harry describes Hagrid's hands as the size of trash can li- <laughs> trash can lids, which is also like extremely large. Yes. And what does he what does he compare to baby dolphins? I think it might be Hagrid's feet. It's not Harry. It's when Hagrid like Hagrid's first mention. I think his feet yes. are the size of baby dolphins. Okay. Well, baby dolphins might arguably arguably be bigger than a child's sled. No, I don't know how big a baby dolphin is. Uh, yeah, because like two of my hands, that's not really the size of a trash can lid. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a small trash can. I don't understand. Anyway. Um, he, Hagrid is described as three times as wide, though, so that's over double as that's wide. That's true. That's true. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway. I mean, yeah, the sizing is just very inconsistent. Because I feel like in descriptions, she goes big, you know, to, like, really get, like, the visual yeah. the point across. But then, like, in practicality, like, that big doesn't really work and like the world and the building she's created yeah you know yeah 
And the fact that, like, Madame Maxime is apparently passing as, like, you know, like, everyone kind of knows. Just, a, a, you know? just, like, kind of a tall person. <laughs> you know, like, what? <sighs> All right. Well, anyway. Uh, personality type. Her personality type. I have no idea if this is accurate <laughs> at all. I was, like, shooting in the dark here. I don't know. I also did this, like, a week ago. And I don't... I don't know what I said. So, <laughs> her personality type is ESFJ, which is the console, which is the same as, like, a whole bunch. Um, Lily, Cedric, Flair, Molly, Katie. I think maybe also, like, Lavender Brown. I don't remember. Like, yeah. a range of characters. I mean, yeah. It, like, it definitely is one of the more common personality types. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised. There's quite a few. Yeah. Okay, so, people who share the console personality type are, for lack of a better word, popular. Which makes sense, given that it is also a very common personality type, making up 12% of the population. There you go. In high school, consoles are the cheerleaders and the quarterbacks, setting the tone, taking the spotlight, and leading their teams forward to victory and fame. Later in life, consoles continue to enjoy supporting their friends and loved ones, organizing social gatherings, and doing their best to make sure everyone is happy. Um, I mean, like, obviously she's a good leader. Like, she's a headmistress. That's, like, requires leadership qualities. Her relationship with Dumbledore, like, kind of like the way they, like, talk to each other kind of makes her seem like a socialite you know like they're very like oh albus oh you know like they're like kind of schmoozing each other um and i feel like she loves a good party like Mm. i would buy that um consoles are more concerned with fashion and their appearance their social status and their standings of other people practical the standings of other people. Practical matters and gossip are their bread and butter, but consoles do their best to use their powers for good. Um, obviously, she's, like, depicted as, like, kind of super classy and fashionable, like, this elegant, um, older woman. The main thing with her shame is, like, her, the shame of her giant's blood, like, is the social stigma, I think. Um, and so that would make sense. Like, she's burying that because she's afraid of how it would, like, affect her social status. Um, consoles are altruists and they take seriously their responsibility to help and to do the right thing. Unlike their diplomat relatives, however, people with the console personality type will base their moral compass on established traditions and laws, upholding authority and rules, rather than drawing their morality from philosophy or mysticism. It's important for consoles to remember, though, that people come from many backgrounds and perspectives, and what may seem right to them isn't always an absolute truth. Um... As far as, like, responsibility to help, she ends up choosing to go with Hagrid. Um, she believes in, like, this tradition, law, authority thing, which are all kind of, like, against giants. And I think that, like, she might, like, pride herself in upholding traditions and law and, like, you know, kind of, like, being part of an establishment because giants are seen so much as, like, not being part of an an establishment. So she's, like, separating herself from that part of her, I guess. Um, Or, like, that stigma that that would come with her being half-giant. And then I guess, like, it talks about this, like, respect for rules and, like, 
I don't like as far as within the Triwizard Tournament, like she claims she's like because of the rules say that like Harry can't be a fourth champion, like she claims to be for that. But that's also like self serving and like she does cheat in the Triwizard Tournament. But then she like judges Harry more fairly, so like it kind of seems to be like when the rules serve her, she's like for the rules. Um which, you know, fair. I, so I talk about this in her, so, like, in her sorting section, and I think that the word fair is still, like, a fair word to use. Yeah. Because, like, in all honesty, like, she probably knew that Karkaroff was going to try and yeah. cheat, right? Yeah. And she, like, probably assumed that Hagrid was going to tell Harry. Yeah about the dragons or that Harry already knew, right? So, like, I think that she probably told Fleur under the assumption, under the correct assumption, that other people were also cheating. Yeah. So, like, that might be fair. Yeah. Like, whether it's, like, honest is another question. But fair, like, it was fair that they all knew. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Okay. Uh... Consuls love to be of service, enjoying any role that allows them to participate in a meaningful way, so long as they know that they are valued and appreciated. This is especially apparent at home, and consuls make loyal and devoted parents and partners. Consul personalities respect hierarchy and do their best to position themselves within with some authority at home and at work, which allows them to keep things clear, stable, and organized for everyone. Um... Obviously, she works within a position of authority. Like, she is the authority at Bogotans. Um, and she's, like, doing a service and, like, offering herself up by traveling with Haggard to go see the Giants. We don't really know much of her home life. Um, she, like, presumably doesn't have a partner um, that we know of or any, like, immediate family. So, that's unclear. Supportive and outgoing, consuls can always be spotted at a party. They're the ones finding time to chat and laugh with everyone. But their devotion goes further than just breezing than just breezing through because they have to. Consuls truly enjoy hearing about their friends' relationships and activities, remembering little details, and always standing ready to talk things out with warmth and sensitivity. Um, kind of just this, like, image of her, like flitting through a party and like you know I don't I don't know why I think of her as like a socialite but like I think it just comes back to like her and Dumbledore like they're like kind of this like elite like wizarding elite I don't know and she's very posh and like gets all dressed up for the Yule Ball and for just normal occasions um so yeah I don't know I don't know if that's like completely unfounded but <laughs> <laughs> Being pretty conflict-averse, consuls spend a lot of their energy establishing social order and prefer plans and organized events to open-ended activities or spontaneous get-togethers. Um, she obviously did not like it when the Triwizard Tournament got thrown into chaos. Uh, <laughs> she likes things to go as planned. <laughs> as far as strengths, we have strong practical skills, strong sense of duty, very loyal, sensitive and warm, and good at connecting with others sure (laughs) weaknesses worried about their social status inflexible reluctant to innovate or improvise vulnerable to criticism often too needy and too selfless i don't really know that like any of those don't fit at all or any of those fit super well i feel pretty neutral yeah 
Yeah. It's hard because we know so little about her. And it's interesting because I wish we knew more about her relationship, like, with herself being a half-giant. Because we see so little of that. And the little that we see is kind of like she doesn't acknowledge it. Yeah. Which I guess, like, kind of could reveal a little bit about how she felt about it but it really doesn't tell us a whole lot because just because you don't want to acknowledge it or you don't want to hear other people say it doesn't mean that you you're like I don't know completely ashamed of it she could just be like I'd rather not like be an impediment to like who I am or who I try to be or who I'm Mm -hmm. trying to become you know right it's so hard like I wish we just knew a little bit more and like like, I wish we had heard a real conversation uh, between her and Hagrid about it Right, and, like, we don't know, like, her parents' history, like, we don't know, like, Hagrid has this idealized view of his mother, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's because, like, his father even imparted that on him, but, like, we don't know the circumstances of her parents, like, she might have no idea who her mother or father is, like, her giant parent is, like, it might have, like, not have been a good situation, like, he, like, her... Her, like, ill-used church giants could also come from, like, a more personal standpoint in that way as opposed to just, like, everyone saying giants are bad, even though that's what, like, it's heavily implied it is. Yeah. I just wish we knew how, like, if she was kind of, in her own mind, like, very much, I don't talk about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not half giant. Like, this is just the way that I am. Or if she is, like, in her own mind like accepting of that fact she just doesn't like it when it's like brought to light yeah yeah, yeah. by other people you know yeah for sure i feel like th- i don't know i feel like that would just help us a lot more to tell us like who she is i agree <clears throat> so for her sorting this was like really difficult and i don't even know if i ended up like with a final decision So, um, my points for Gryffindor are that she's sometimes brave. (laughs) She traveled with Hagrid to aid in the mission to help with the fight against Voldemort. Um, but she didn't come back for the final battle or really aid anything past that from what we know of. Um, I said I feel like she can be bold and loud. Um, she did voice her opposition to Harry entering the Triwizard Tournament like she wasn't afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. Um... And yeah, that's all I have for Gryffindor. <laughs> um, for Slytherin, I have, I feel like you have to be somewhat ambitious to become, like, the headmaster or headmistress at a school. And she was cunning to use Hagrid to her advantage to tell Fleur about the first task. Um, because I don't know how much I, in my mind, I don't think Madame Maxine was, like, into Hagrid at that time I think she was more like I'm gonna just use him yeah. to get information um and then maybe later feelings developed but I feel like at this point she was just using him yeah so for Hufflepuff um she was loyal to Hagrid she helped him out in Order of the Phoenix um but like I said she wasn't really like loyal enough to come back and help for the battle um and she did judge fairly in the turn in the Triwizard Tournament. Like she gave Harry fair scores, whereas Karkaroff did not give Harry fair scores, which is part of the reason why I feel like she is more fair than maybe her telling Fleur about the dragons would imply. Yeah, because I feel like her scoring yeah. fairly says a lot more about her than her telling Fleur. I think judging fairly opinion. is like a big, big ask, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, because Cargraf doesn't judge fairly, and neither does Bagman. So it's like. Well, because Bagman has money on the list. Yeah. <laughs> He's impartial. So that's like what almost half of the judges like yeah. aren't judging fairly. Yeah. Um, and so going into this, I kind of had picked Ravenclaw as what I was going to sort her as. Um, she has to be like somewhat smart and knowledgeable to be a headmistress of a school. Um, she also has to have like some sort of reverence or like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like Respect. she has to find learning and like education important, right? To yeah. become a teacher, value. to become a headmistress. Yeah, value. Um, and like, and kind of like we talked about earlier, she does have like a certain respect for the rules because she does oppose Harry during the Triwizard Tournament. But like Audrey kind of mentioned, that was also semi self-serving. Um, and then she cheats in the tournament. So very mixed signals here. Um, and then, so this is kind of where if she was more like confident in herself being a giant like I would firmly place her in Ravenclaw right mm-hmm. because like that's kind of um a secondary or like like acceptance of given trait yeah. yeah and like maybe being like more okay with who you are and how you're different is kind of like a semi Ravenclaw yeah like thought to be a Ravenclaw thing but we don't really know about that and like is she fine being herself like it kind of seems like she is to some certain extent you know like she's a confident strong woman but is that like in spite of her being half giant and she just like kind of pushes that to the side kind of like I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier and she doesn't like think about that or is that like oh also like is she a strong confident woman while taking ownership of the fact that she's half giant you know like there's i think there's a distinct difference between those two but i think either way i would place her in ravenclaw just from what we know of her because we know so little and like her being headmistress i feel like says a lot yeah but i don't know yeah i think ravenclaw feels right to me gryffindor doesn't feel right and hufflepuff doesn't feel right Slytherin, I feel like her like poshness. I feel like could go towards Slytherin or Ravenclaw. Yeah, honesty. I think that kind of like that sense of like like we talk about Ravenclaw with like sense of like of accepting of differences, but we also talk about Ravenclaw sometimes with like this a little bit of like elitism and Mm -hmm. like upturned superiority. Yeah, occasionally, and I think. I think that fits, like, Slytherin. I feel like that kind of, like, Slytherin Ravenclaw vibe. And, like, I talked about, like, how certain things she, like, she kind of bends the rules to be self-serving. And so, like, that feels like more of, like, a Slytherin Ravenclaw thing, you know, as opposed to, like, being, like, very by the book or, like, honor-driven. Like, Oh, here's one. So, like, fair and honest, I feel like, is Hufflepuff. Yeah. But just fair is maybe Ravenclaw. I, I you know? agree with that, I think. Because, like, they, like, she follows the rules to a certain extent, but, but like, like, also wants to win. if other people aren't win. following the rules, she's not going to follow the rules, which I think yeah, is fair. Yeah, yeah, and she... Yeah, she also has, like, that desire to win. Not saying, like, Hufflepuffs don't have a desire to win, but she has a little bit of the, like, I will do what it takes It's a little win. bit, like, it's a little bit ends justify the means, but, like, not to the extent that Slytherin is ends justify the means, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Because, like, I don't think Slytherin is honest nor fair. Yeah. In this, like, circumstance that we're talking about in competition, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I think I think Ravenclaw is right. Um, I could be swayed other ways by a particularly convincing article uh, argument. I don't know what I said. But I think I would be skeptical of any of those arguments because they would require a lot of speculation not that this doesn't have a lot of speculation but i think it's like the most grounded in like what we know about her yeah i would agree cool i'll take her (laughs) um all right so then i'm going to talk a little bit about her as like a teacher slash headmistress which like i like i made this section for myself and then i wrote four bullet (laughs) points and i was like i literally have nothing else to say so jump in if you feel (laughs) oh god um, uh, we see so little of her, and, like, none of that is her teaching or her, like, interacting with students. It's, like, her and Hagrid. Yeah. She's, like, yeah, we never even really see her interact with Fleur. So, like, and then I was, like, oh, this is going to be about her relationship with Fleur. And then I was, like, I don't know anything about that relationship. <laughs> um, so, like, she seems, the two of them seem to have a, like, close-ish relationship, like, where Fleur is kind of, like, her prodigy. Like, she, like... I think mentors Fleur, and I would assume, like, met with her and, like, helped her try to win the tournament and such. Um, I think she, like, was trying to support her, and I think she wanted her to win, but it wasn't, like, to the crazy extent that Karkaroff was with Krom, and he, Karkaroff was, like, obsessed with Krom, and it was, like, kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the students always, like, stand at attention when she enters the room, so I think it's definitely, like, she's not, like, a casual, like, oh, you can call me a limp teacher, you know? She's, <laughs> like, I think that there's, like, a real sense of, like, hierarchy and authority, and she's probably not best friends with her students, and maybe not even, like, to the extent where we we talk about, like, McGonagall being kind of motherly to, and maternal to Harry sometimes, um... I don't think it's even goes that far. Like, I think it's very much, like, teacher-student or headmistress-student relationship. But I think it is, like, a good relationship. Like, I feel like they don't just stand because they fear her. Like, I think there is, like... I think that... I would guess that they do have, like, respect for her as an authority in their school. Um, And I think she can be warm. Like, I feel like we see her interact warmly with Dumbledore and Hagrid occasionally. And so I don't know if any of that, like, translates super well to her students. But maybe if, like, the situation called for it, she could be warm with her students. I'm going to, like, go with the benefit of the doubt and say that she's a good headmistress slash teacher. Because I don't have reason to believe otherwise. Um... And especially, I think, like, this kind of goes hand-in-hand with what we were just talking about with Ravenclaw, but, like, an emphasis on, like, fairness and, like, if she's a Ravenclaw and having this respect for education and intelligence and knowledge, I feel like, are all, like, important qualities, you know? Like, that respect for academics and, like, being a fair person are, like, two very important qualities of, like, running a school or being a teacher, so. Yeah, so two things. She did stay... Um, or she did come and attend Dumbledore's funeral. Yes. I think. Yep. Um She's also listed at as being at Fleur's wedding, but the only source on that is the movie. Yeah, that's the movie, and I, like, I don't think she's mentioned in the book, and I feel like if she okay. were there, she would have been mentioned in the book, but. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember whether it was also in the book or not. I'm pretty sure it's just the movie. 
Okay, so um, for her, <clears throat> where are they now section, um, so we literally know nothing about her <laughs> after, like, really after, I guess, her coming to Dumbledore's funeral. Yeah. Um, it's unknown whether her and Hagrid rekindled their relationship, but ultimately, like, I guess we know that they didn't get married yeah. to each other. Yeah. Um, but we don't know whether they just, like, dated for the rest of their lives. Um, and that is it. She's mentioned in the Wizards Unite. Mm. Um, but. Nah, we don't, we don't I'm not going to talk about that. So. Right. Where in the world um, is Madame Maxine? <laughs> yeah. What's she up to? I bet she's days? just, like. She just, like, stayed at Bobatons for life, you know? Yeah, I bet you she's probably is going to stay at Bobatons for quite a while, but I bet she's going to retire to, like, a bougie, mm, like, okay. chateau in the south of France. Yeah. And just have, like, the best time drinking wine and just doing nothing Single malt parties. whiskey, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That would not be my drink of choice. But speaking of drinks... <laughs> um, well, before we get there... Uh, she is in the Calling All Witches book, um, oh. and the three words used to describe her are opinionated, cunning, and mentor. So, huh. I don't cunning know. Is cunning an is an interesting Cunning choice. is a very Slytherin word. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And so then... <laughs> wait, this is funny. I just realized, you know how there are so many typos in this, the cocktail oh, book? Oh, yeah. Um, she's... She's listed as Madame Maxine. Oh, really? Dang. <laughs> to be oh, fair, Archie. for the longest time, I thought that was her name. I think when I was younger, I definitely did. Because it, like, it's, when somebody says it, I feel like it sounds more like Maxine. Yeah. Yeah. Madame Maxine. But. All right. So her funny. drink is the French kiss. Ooh. And it says, Oh, c'est madame. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, the very beautiful madame. C'est It is. Belle is beautiful. Trey is like very, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, I just started typing in the dock instead of Google Translate. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. On the spot. Oh, it thinks it wants me to put Swedish in. Oh. <laughs> it's very pretty. Oh, okay. But then it says Madame, so I think it's like, oh, it's, she's very, you are I very don't know. pretty, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so it says that her horses might drink only the finest single malt whiskey, but this is the kind of cocktail Madame Maxime prefers just follow the instructions and voila so it's two parts tequila one part black raspberry liqueur one part white creme de cacao and one part single cream and it is very pink i think from the black raspberry liqueur kind of weird it has i think tequila feels like a weird milk like cream well creme de cacao is like chocolate liqueur so, like, it sounds like a good dessert thing with, like, the black raspberry and the chocolate, but I think tequila wouldn't be what I would want with it, like. Yeah. Put whipped cream vodka in there. Oh, I hate whipped cream vodka. 
What? <laughs> I just don't like flavored vodka. <laughs> I um, like whipped cream vodka. No, it's so gross. I, I mean, I would not drink it straight, but it's like a nice thing to put in mixed drinks because it's just kind of like slightly sweet. It's really sweet. <laughs> okay, well, to be fair, I had a drink the other night that was called like the Sweet Sunset or something, and it was like citron, like vodka citron. Yeah cotton candy syrup and pink lemonade (laughs) i would and it was amazing (laughs) sweet drinks just don't do it for me it's too much (laughs) it's too much (laughs) anyway beer just is too much for me okay (laughs) we're different people are you concerned about the fact that your favorite Harry Potter characters go to a magic school that doesn't teach them practical skills like basic arithmetic or what an element is? Did you go to a magic school that didn't teach you practical skills like basic arithmetic or what an element is? If any of the above applies to you, you should check out our podcast. That's Not How Science Works, hosted by myself and my truly awesome co-host, Nicole. In our podcast, Caitlin and I discuss the science in different pieces of media, such as movies or TV shows, and dissect whether it's good, bad, or just plain ridiculous. Often, we also have special guests who help us rant about bad science and their areas of expertise. We release new episodes every other Monday, and you can find us wherever you usually download your podcasts. We like to think of this as a podcast for the science curious. So whether you're a practicing scientist or a wizard who just graduated high school with no practical life skills, we'd love for you to listen in. You can also find out more by going to our website, thatsnotscience.com, or by looking us up on Twitter, at TNHSWpod. We hope you give us a listen. Now back to your regularly scheduled Potterheads, Katie and Audrey. Okay, so for our pop quiz today, our question is, would you prefer to go to Durmstrang or Bobatons? Okay. Attend Durmstrang or Bobatons. I have to read the results. So Sophie says Bobatons because Durmstrang would be too cold. Leia said France is amazing, so definitely Bobatons, but not the movie's sexist portrayal. Morgan said, Bobatons. Oh, wait, before I go further, we never mentioned Bobatons. Mm. Their boys did go there. It is co ed school. It's not an all girls school. Okay, we mentioned it. (laughs) Morgan. I feel like we talk about that in so many other episodes. It's like, we don't even need to talk about it in the Bobatons episode. So Morgan said, Bobatons, their outfits are so cute, and I actually took a couple years of French. Plus, that's where Nicholas Flamel went, but Durmstrang has cute guys, lol. <laughs> and then followed up and said, I just read Durmstrang didn't admit but Muggleborns. Is this for real? Which I think that is correct. Yeah, Linda, from what we know. Linda said, Durmstrang, <laughs> duh, all those men. Hard, okay, hard. first off, they're boys. <laughs> yeah, they, they are, are boys. boys. They are boys, Linda. Maybe the people in the movies were men. <laughs> Taryn said Bobaton's hands down. Mm. So it was the consensus Bobaton's Yeah, everybody okay. but <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Here's the thing. Bobaton Bobaton sounds like a lot for me. Like I'm a yeah. real like casual, classic kind of girl. Um it sounds beautiful, like the grounds and everything. But I also like when I was abroad, and France was, like, one of my 
like Paris specifically was one of my like least favorite places I visited. Um, I think it just like wasn't really the right city for me. I know that's not in Paris and like the the countryside of France sounds beautiful. Bobotons, I think it de- I mean Durmstrang, I think it depends where it is like if it's in like Sweden or Norway. Actually, I don't know. I think anywhere that far north will be beautiful. I don't know if I could do it year round though. I don't think that either of them are very good options. <laughs> I'm going to go. I think I would. Okay. I think if Durmstrang doesn't have the dark magic reputation, mm. I would choose Durmstrang. But because yeah, maybe of that like reputation. Maybe Durmstrang 2021. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Bobotons just sounds way too posh for me. Like, I think I would be unhappy there. Even though, like, I think it sounds objectively better and it's probably the better education and the better school and, like, less terrible people. And it sounds beautiful. But, like, I just feel like it's too posh and I don't do well with posh things. Yeah. I I have a very, like, similar, like, um, thought process as you because, again... It's very similar to Audrey. Paris is one of the le- my least favorite places I've ever traveled to. Sorry, people from Maybe Paris. Maybe my least favorite. I do have to say, I do hate cities in general. Yeah. So that plays a big part in that. Um, but yeah, not not my favorite. Um, it does sound like it's way too much for me. Like it's too extra for me. Um, and I think that we do get very like stereotyped views of both Bobatons and Durmstrang. Yeah. So, like, maybe if it was, like, somewhere in the middle, like, not, like, still very beautiful, but, like, still kind of chill, like, Hogwarts, yeah. I could, like, vibe with that. Um, I just feel like but Hogwarts I do is like, really the right place for both of them. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with that. But I also feel really guilty not picking, like, the Scandinavian country. Yeah, like, The Scandinavian right? school. Um, because, like, Audrey and I both have, like, a special place in our hearts for Sweden, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really think I'd pick Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I do before before I'm done with this. I do have to say I absolutely adore Bobaton's uniforms in the movies. I think they are so beautiful. But could I wear that every day of my life? Fuck no. no. Yeah, exactly. So, like that would be like that is like the like like do I have to wear that in the meter? Like <laughs> yeah, in the meter of like casual to fancy for Katie. Like the Bobaton's uniform is like the most fancy. Yeah. That's fair. So, the hat is really cute, but like hats don't like always I, work. No, I, I don't want to wear that hat. <laughs> it looks good on uh, like the actress that plays Fleur, but anything <laughs> would look good on her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah. All right. Cool. No consensus. <laughs> Katie and I are just gonna homeschool. <laughs> I want to check out this school in where? Where are the other schools? There's one. There's in one Brazil. in Africa. Oh, Brazil. And there's one in Japan. No. And there's one in uh, somewhere in Africa. Yeah. Do we know the country that it's in? I don't know. I know nothing about the other three schools. I couldn't even tell you what their names are. 
the one in Africa has a couple W's in it, I think. Like, woo. I don't don't even know. No, the one in Brazil is, shoot. I know it. We talked about it. I know, we've talked about it a couple times before. There's, like, an X in it. Yeah. Castle, Castle Brujo. Brujo. Something like that. Um, Castelo Brujo. Um... I just want to slip this in. We can cut this out. So, speaking of Brazil and the wizarding world, the third installment of the Fantastic Beasts franchise was set to take place in Brazil. And if you haven't been following not only the whole drama with J.K. Rowling, but the drama of the third Fantastic Beasts movie is just, like, literally insane. And I just want them to stop. Just, just stop. Just stop just stop the the main actor was recast from johnny depp one of the characters i'm pretty sure just was like sentenced to jail time for <laughs> domestic abuse oh, maybe? No, that's not a laughing matter i just um I just, like I didn't it's know a literally and so I'm the like, biggest so it's the guy wrong. it's the guy who plays abernathy oh okay it's literally just like the biggest shit show and they just need to just stop. Like, I don't... I think the third one was supposed to be done filming by now. I don't think it... I know it was filming at one point. I don't know if it's ever finished. But, like, I just... I don't it needs think to anybody, stop. like, truly wants it. Like... It's been too long since the last one. Like, the the, la- the last one was not re- well received by almost anybody. <laughs> like, it just... I am so over it because if it comes out, like, I'm going to have to see it, but I do not want to see it, you know? I don't want to see it, and I don't want to go to theaters to see it. I would watch an illegal stream of it, but I wouldn't want to watch the stream. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I would love to hear more about Grindelwald and Dumbledore's relationship. Like, I... That content is something that I care about. I don't really care about Credence, and all honesty, I don't really care about, like... Newt Scamander that much anymore like I love that character and I love Eddie Redmayne but like his storyline isn't super compelling to me like the first one was fun yeah but like I don't really I'm not dying to see how he plays into like Dumbledore's defeat of Grindelwald you know Mm -hmm. I just yeah just stop (laughs) just stop please all right you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and our episodes come out every other Tuesday or Monday if you're a patron. And if you're a patron and you're not taking advantage of that, you should take advantage of that. Just download your RSS feed. Um, mm-hmm. And please leave us a rating and a review. Five stars really helps us out. Helps us bring you more content. Helps people find us. And it makes us feel good about ourselves. Yes, um, you can find us on social media. We are Wizard Studies Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at Wizard Studies. Um, you can join our Facebook group if you want to be involved in answering our pop quiz questions every week, every other week, or however often we record episodes. Um, our Facebook group is called Wizard Studies Podcast Group. Um, you can support us on Patreon if you are so inclined. You can go to patreon.com and search for Wizard Studies Podcast in the search bar. You can lastly, and lastly, you can email us at wizardstudiespodcast.gmail.com. And I will just add in, if you want to send 
your address and your proof of a donation about pride for the pride buttons. I feel like email is probably like the best place to do that. Um, it'll just be like easier for me to keep them all together that way. That being said, like send it wherever you can send it and I'll find it. If nobody responds at all, just like message again. Um, but if I say, okay, yeah. it'll come out soon, you know that it'll come at some point, but email would yep. be best. Okay. As always, thank you so much for listening and remember just do your best. We'll do the rest and learn until our brains all wrapped. Thank you.